0: this episode of Consider This, I have in the studio again uh, with me uh, Anthony Butler, Justin Ebert, and Ryan Vincent. And uh, we're going to be sitting around continuing our conversation in terms of the, uh, the reliability and the authority of the Bible. We're going to be answering some specific questions about can the Bible be partly true? Um, why do so many very intelligent biblical scholars disagree with it? Anthony is going to uh, to, to give you maybe even some new words that, that you could use. Um, uh, he's going to use the word discrepant. So be looking for that. Um, but I'm grateful for, uh, for these men and for our time together. And we really hope, uh, that this episode will be, uh, a blessing and encouragement to you. So the Bible has, uh, in terms of its nature, um, definitely uh, a number of opinions can be held about it. And so we were here not that many days ago talking about the Bible and whether or not we believed it to be true. And each of us said, yes, we believe the Bible to be true. Uh, We talked about some reasons why we believe it uh, to be true. And uh, what we really want to do today is kind of go through some very specific questions uh, in terms of how to answer them. Um, I think it's fair to say that we've all probably wrestled with some of these questions. Um, and so I, I want you guys to definitely feel free to be honest about uh, those those questions that may be a, a little bit more. I get a little concerned as I was, you know, spending some time talking to some people or even just going back and, and listening to uh, what are called, you know, the arguments, the good arguments from, from those that are skeptics mm. of the authority uh, of the Bible. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was genuinely surprised at how, oh, really, like that's... That's, and I mean, I, I, they're trying to come up with these questions, but I guess, you know, Ryan, you and I were talking about this. So much of it is based upon what they already believe about something. Mm-hmm. Like it's the, it's the presuppositions mm-hmm. that are going to be driving it. And and so on both sides, right? On uh, on the side that, that we're coming from, which is that we believe the Bible can be trusted. Um, you know, we, we, we believe certain things about God. Mm-hmm. We believe certain things about how God is going to communicate and therefore. It, it kind of follows suit. And and then on the other side, they have certain supposit- presuppositions about God, and therefore they believe this is how he is go- going to operate. And so it's, it's amazing how much that... Just kind of fits. So the f- the first question that, that someone might bring up, uh, going back to the to the to the biblical text and whether or not and, and the two words we toyed toyed around with, I don't want to try to. I don't even know how well you could split hairs between the concept of inerrant, without error and infallible, incapable of being false. So um, those two words, I'm just going to kind of lump them together and mm-hmm. just describe them. Um, so he- here's what somebody has 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 actually said. That when you think about a all-powerful God that is able to create the world, mm-hmm. um, why do we have a book that is so? At best, um, there are apparent contradictions. I mean, there are uh, if, if is 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 in some sense. Like is this the best that he could have produced? Mm-hmm. Because you could have made it a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. You could have kind of just "quote unquote" just made it so that there are zero even possibilities of a discrepancy or a contradiction. So why did God create this? If He did, um, it seems like there's so many contradictions that exist. Is it, is it not? Is it not safe to presume then that therefore it has errors and flaws mm-hmm. in it? I guess the first thing
1: i always ask when that's posed is can you show me what exact what examples are you speaking of sure so when i saying yeah there's all these contradictions i want to know is this person just regurgitating like a parrot what they've heard from someone else or is this actually something that they believe that they've studied based on how they're understanding the text and if they are then great let's try to understand the text and let's look at this is this actually a contradiction which by the way still
0: haven't found those necessarily but no, a okay, lot of hold times on, they're would you, you okay but would you say that there are no contradictions in the bible at all um i would say a lot of the contradictions that
1: are posed as contradictions aren't what they seem to the non-trained reader okay explain that um there is a line in scripture says that says there is no god in the Psalms. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a line line. in the Psalms that says there is no God. And if you rip out that one phrase out of the scriptures, then you can say, see, obviously this book is flawed. It's contradictory. Well, actually that Psalm is talking about how fools say such things. And there's condemnation for those throughout that book itself. And so we teach something called context. And so that's, that's one example. Right. So when others. you
0: have, but okay, but the, okay, that's that's one. That's kind of almost like more of an interpretation question than sure. necessarily. You know, I guess you would say, here's a text that says there is no God. Other texts say there is a God. So is there a contradiction? Mm-hmm. But in other cases, where um, the number of Israelites mm-hmm. that went in, like uh, with with, uh, with with Jacob and mm-hmm. his sons, um, there's two different numbers that are given. Yeah. Um, the number of years that the Israelites spend in uh, in Egypt. There's two different years. Mm-hmm that are given the timing um,
1: during Jesus' last day and yes. his crucifix those yeah. seem to be So there
0: there seems to be a contradiction. How many angels were at the tomb? Um, and we have the gospel writers giving two different answers. Um, so those those are apparent contradictions mm-hmm. So how yeah. would you so how would you you know was there anything else that you want to say in regards to?
1: No, that's that's kind of my first slot, yeah. my first step is, sure. is what exactly are you talking about? Are they interpretive differences um, where you're, you're just coming into it not as a trained reader or, or exegete or is this are other things that do need more explanation like the ones that you're talking about Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So you're not just casually dismissing a person who says, man, I believe there are contradictions and let me share some with you. You're saying that person deserves uh, you know, kind of an ongoing, more of a sympathetic ear, but the person who is just quickly going, ah, the Bible's full of contradictions, sure. you're saying don't just buy it when somebody is saying mm-hmm. that, like, like take the time to say, hey, like, do you really want to have a conversation about this yeah. or are you just parroting back you know, yeah. some kind of a uh, uh, regurgitated answer that you've seen on a YouTube chan- yeah, channel. are you or coming?
1: Like are that. you coming to fight me? or Are you coming to learn?
0: Yeah, are we coming yeah. together to mutually
1: learn and have yeah. a conversation? Because yeah. those are just two very different conversations, and it's hard to know where that person is at till we get into it.
2: Uh, I'll I'll often ask them to clarify. Uh, when you say contradiction, mm-hmm. can I assume that you're insinuating falsehood? And usually they'll think about it because they probably. Hadn't thought of it in contradiction equals falsehood, but that's generally what they they mean. Mm -hmm. And I would say, okay, so are you then um, holding a text that is anywhere from 3,400 to 1,900 years old hostage to modern historiography's rules in terms of precision and accuracy? Because – and then – so, they, they they weren't so but intri- they, they could say something that's true with exaggerative effect. And and it's a lot like locker room talk. Like, well, you know, you, you beat a team by 42 points. Oh, we murdered them. We wiped the floor with them. No, you didn't. But I know what you mean, you know? And so yep. we got to allow the historians, the, the historiographers of the Old Testament, particularly, because that's where a lot of the contradictions, yeah. uh, so called, are found. We have to let them do history like, like, Bronze Age historians, and a lot of times we just haven't thought about it that hard. But two, I asked them, have you considered the fact that I have never claimed that my English Bible is infallible and inerrant, and have you ever considered the the methods and the means and the, the time and the languages involved in the transmission of this text from an ancient form of Hebrew that you probably don't know, <laughs> and I don't know it, but an ancient form of hebrew through modern hebrew through a lot of modern languages into the latin and into the greek and the Septuagint and all and on and on and this is what we have as a result have you considered that it it could have gone from twenty thousand to two million with scribal error and that doesn't invalidate the authority of the original text Mm -hmm. and it's typically not exclusively but often no i hadn't thought about that and and then i would say okay so I can find contradictions in here. And they're, and they're usually a little surprised that a very conservative con- conservative um, submitted, submitted to Scripture Christian is willing to concede that point. I can find number of contradictions in my Bible. Because such a
1: large part of it is what you said. The Hebrew language is far different from our language. We don't know it. And the transmission of it is key. And, and how quickly and easily something can
2: change even a number. Mm-hmm. And I'll even quickly call them back to I do believe this was written by men under the supervision of the Holy Spirit yeah, yeah. and I do believe those men had different theological agendas when they would write on the same story and so there can be an explanation for a difference a difference of perspective that doesn't invalidate uh, each other because they don't seem to line up as we would want again according to modern historiographic you know tr- you know uh, rules yeah. so
0: I would say yeah, that ahead,
3: um, you also have to consider what the definition of a contradiction is, because a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, that's a contradiction. So Romans 4, uh, God, um, I have concluded that a man is justified by grace apart from works of the law. Uh, James 2, mm-hmm. Um you know faith without works works is dead dead. uh, abraham was justified by his works and romans 4 says abraham was justified by grace well those are contradictions not necessarily Sure. sure um a contradiction is when you say that a is not a in the same respect at the same time and unless it fits into that formula it is not properly a contradiction it can be discrepant
1: but it's not a contradiction yeah. So it seems like there's there's multiple. that was
0: awesome. No, no. <laughs> thank you. I mean, it's now I know why Anthony's here again. Yeah. I just I really liked how he. No, but I, I like oh even the way he said, it's discrepant.
2: <laughs> what they find is they find tension mm-hmm. and overstate it as a contradiction. Yes. Right. Too quickly. So we have what ryan is talking about linguistic changes
1: that happen as transmission because as he said our english text is not how it, they were writing this isn't the sure the, it's the, not like, even the right direction right we have kind of the, <laughs> the bad interpretations yeah. like reading a line and taking it out of his context and then we have them trying to pit theological ideas against each other when actually the theologian can come along and say well actually a better way to understand this would be this and they actually come together they're not they're not contradictory they're but, not fighting against each other
0: but answer mm-hmm. this then so then why like do you, do you get at least kind of hear them when they oh, yes. say so then why is that so you know why are there so many discrepancies like why is it so hard like why didn't God I mean obviously he's able to mm-hmm. smooth all of that out so why didn't he just smooth it all out how do you answer that That's a repackaged problem of evil question.
2: He can, Hmm. Hmm. but he chose not to, so he's wrong. And I'm like, ooh, there's the arrogant (laughs) conclusion. (laughs) So he's wrong. He could have divinely dropped a lot of um, personally inscribed tablets in every single language, in every single culture over the centuries. But he chose to do so through two languages primarily and then one Aramaic in just a few spots and and he chose to through the power of his Holy Spirit superintend the translation Mm. and transmission of that text into something that is unbelievably accurate and we are we're we're spectacularly good at taking this incredibly dense
0: forest and focusing on a couple of trees mm-hmm. in order to disprove its nature no yeah. i i think that's a great that's a great response i had a a greek justin and I, our greek professor used to always compare god's use of of humanity uh, even though it is flawed Right. So there's a brokenness in humanity. This will come back a little bit even in terms of the authorship question. And yet he can do great things through them. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not saying that the Bible is an errant, but in terms of the books that we have in the languages that we now have through all the manuscripts that we now have, we get the complicated process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems to be the way in which God works. Can I say
2: something that might, uh, it'll take a little qualifying, but I think it's nevertheless true. The The human Um, participation in God's divine revelation is an example of his grace and mercy to us Mm. because he was always going to govern the world through his creation and the fall did not change that it just changed its sense Mm -hmm. so God was going to govern the world through a, a perfectly sinless Adam and Eve and and he continued to govern the world through broken human beings and in his mercy he has allowed things to still carry on as they were intended though though we are now flawed mm. and I would, I would ask, do, does anyone know someone who has the capacity to comprehend the fullest revelation of a perfectly infinite God? I don't know anybody mm-hmm. that can do that. I think that w- when we ask him to send us something perfect, we, we actually don't understand what we're asking for. We don't understand how holy he is. And I think that there is something about the human involvement in this process that makes it something that we can actually grapple with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm reaching into the realm of speculation there, but I, I, I think the
0: questions are flawed. Mm-hmm. Well, but you even think about two, two great examples. Um, one of them would be, well, I, I'll, I'll, add, I'll add the third, which is probably the last one I will talk about is the best. Adam and Eve had communion and relation with him and didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Mount Sinai didn't make it. Sure. And most most clearly in Christ. And they didn't get it. So there seems to be, even when God is at the closest, so Mm -hmm. to speak, right, (laughs) that there is still something that is broken. So even when God is perfectly revealing himself to to humanity, um, that there is something that is still necessary, that is still needed. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Lazarus and the rich man. That's that parable playing out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but if I had some okay, even if I get out of the grave, you <laughs> would not have believed. Yeah, you know, and so I don't think it's the. I, I really don't think it's the the flaws in this. I think the flaws are are they they function more as a scapegoat than something that actually does. And I think that if we had. If we had all
3: these manuscripts and they were not, uh, if they had no errors in them, then most of the scholars would then say, "Oh well, there was collusion. Oh well, you know, all of those Jews just yeah, burned yeah, all their yep, ancient manuscripts yep, and they, yep. and so it's, it's too like, similar. That's exactly. what I say. It's too similar. And so it's like, well, which one is it? Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? yeah. No, that's a good point. Is that we would become very, very suspicious. Mm-hmm of a book i mean there are others that have say a, a, a what i don't even know if they do have a greater textual reliability hmm. i mean no it's a human book so the bible's one of the best in terms of its textual reliability justin it seems like you want to add something well I, I think
1: it comes back to a lot of what we spoke of last last session is the trust that we rested upon mm-hmm. if you don't trust this book it's because you ultimately don't trust God, Mm -hmm. And and the reality is people didn't trust Jesus when he was here, just like Jim said. And the reality is even if this book was how you thought it should be, there would still be people who would not trust it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. make their lives... Base their lives upon what it says, and and that's just what we've seen from the very beginning until now. And so, whether it be hard heartedness or genuine doubt, leading to tr- trying to lead to better understanding, try- people trying to feel their way towards God, um, the reality is not all people will align with the truth that's presented
0: here. Okay, that's real. Another question. Um, so, God, would none of you believe that when God. Uh, was, was using humans to write this book that he just came in, took over their bodies, their <laughs> minds kind of separate out. Um, and then, and then there's what is known as the mechanical dictation theory that right. basically, uh, all of the authors of the Bible, um, are, are just mechanics, okay. uh, going through the motions, but God's the one moving the pen mm-hmm. is kind of the, uh, the idea. So if that's not the case, then humans are involved. Okay. And, and, and again, without just, Totally throwing this off the table to try to give it as much credibility as possible. So if, if humans are flawed and God used humans, then how can the book not be flawed? Well, Cause I, do, do you not do you see that? Do you not oh, yes. undo the human side of things when you get rid of the flaws?
3: Right. I think that there's a conflation between um, causation. Because you have instrumental causes, you have efficient causes. And just because you have an instrumental cause, i.e. humans, that doesn't mean that it invalidates the efficient cause. No one would ever say, well, Michelangelo didn't make this sculpture because it was the chisel that made the sculpture, that's silly. Uh, And when you just separate out um, causation like Hmm. that, you, you it's a mess because we all recognize that there are several different causes that, that come to play when, mm-hmm. with anything. And so God is able to use a flawed human being yep. to, in order to bring about his purposes. Yep. Um, he's, oh, he sanctifies the means
0: as well as the ends. So. Okay. So sanctifies the means and towards the ends. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We also, our understanding of revelation, how that works. We don't have the full complete picture of God. We have the necessary picture mm-hmm. of God that he has chosen to specifically and specially reveal to us. He, he has given us his word, his spirit. He's given us his son to reveal to us what we need to know, how we are to live. Mm-hmm. And so to even believe that what this book is, I think this is going back a little bit to what Ryan said, to believe this book was meant to be something that is perfect in the sense of fully encapsulating who god is and what he expects that's also a poor view Hmm. it is a specific revelation that encompasses what we need Mm
2: -hmm. that's good um i also like to think of the categories of the, the the people we have involved here or the beings we have involved here sure um just to use a very low brow example in a in a a battle of the wills or even more so in a physical battle my son is no match for me. <laughs> like he will not affect me like I can affect him. And yet we, we, we look at humanity as if we can taint God. <laughs> How can we have the ability to thwart his his means yeah. and his agenda and his purpose and his end. And I'm just thinking, wow, you have ascribed to humanity an unbelievable power. And you have a very poor and weak view of, of, of a God who is truly Unaffected, <laughs> he's immutable. He is unaffected by our inabilities, by our sins, by our, our 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 wickedness when it comes to truthfulness versus falsehood. And so, okay, what did I what did I mess up of his again? Or yeah. say if, say I'm Paul. If if the, if it's the Holy Spirit and I yeah. working on this, yep. what did I yeah. mess up that the Holy Spirit couldn't? And again, <laughs> it all comes back to your presuppositions. Yeah you likely if you take that position you or or it, i can understand the question but if you take it as a as a you know useful way of bringing skepticism to the text i would say you're probably not a supernaturalist in the first place mm-hmm. so you and i are starting from different positions yeah, that's a good point so like we we talked a little bit earlier um if if the variables on the table are x and y and i believe x is one and y is two and you believe x is three and y is four our math is just never going to line up, even if we both know how to do math. Yeah, we're never going to get the yeah, same our, answer. Our
0: answers are going to be different. You know, and I'll tell you the other thing that you you describe here, and it goes back to even your description. You 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 talked about this in our last podcast, oh. Anthony. You described um, the God breathing oh, yes. into it, right? So one of the reasons why we need God inspired words is because of man's flaws. Yes. So, uh, you know, we're not saying that, yeah, uh, we, we, we were able to do it, mm-hmm. you know, no, we're saying God's involvement in the process protected mm-hmm. uh, I believe uh, the transmission, are, right? I believe
2: yes. there are many letters that Paul the apostle wrote that are not inspired. Sure. Yep. Second and fourth or first and third Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah. Our 1st and 2nd Corinthians are probably more likely 2nd and 4th Corinthians. For whatever reason, the spirit did not see fit to preserve the other letters that it is very clear he wrote. They must not have been inspired and useful for the... the growing up at the church.
3: Right. Yeah. I was actually just listening to this wonderful book by Jake Gresham Machen, which everyone should read. It's called um, Christianity and Liberalism. Liberalism. Oh, yes. I've, I have actually read it uh, within about the last year. You yeah. and I have actually read that. It, well, this is my third time reading through it because it
0: <laughs> it's just good. And he was actually talking so about B. B. this. So B.B. Warfield last time. Yes. And now you're pulling out the Graham's <laughs> Justin Machen. Yes. I'm yes.
3: impressed. Oh, well, you know, I am me. <laughs> but... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But he was actually talking about this issue where he was Uh, saying that when we stress the inspiration of Scripture, exactly what you're saying, we're not saying that the human authors were not operant. We're saying that God preserved them from error, that he is making sure that they speak what is accurate and right about him. And so that is why the doctrine of inspiration is so important. But it's not an overriding of the of their will or their personality. That's why Isaiah sounds like Isaiah and Paul sounds like Paul. Yeah. It's
0: not oh, it's just spirit language. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> um, next question I want to deal with, and this is uh, this is real popular. I would say this is the most common attitude that I think people have if they haven't taken the time to think through this mm-hmm. um, they would say listen I believe the Bible is true especially when it says stuff like love your neighbor or do unto others as you would have them do unto you or thou shalt not murder I mean there's a lots of there's parts of it that are really good usually um, usually not always in more of the ethical dimension mm-hmm. but when it comes to anything related to history or science, um, I definitely wouldn't consider it to be to be errant, not inerrant. Mm-hmm. It's it's got to have errors errors in it when you're dealing with those kinds of things. So it's true in like different teachings that we could find beneficial, but in terms of it being inerrant. Boy, oh boy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be far from that. So why don't we just use it for what it should be used for, which is, you know, like a, a book of common sense, a, a book of idioms and, and great ideas, but let's not build our lives around mm-hmm. it. How would you respond to that?
1: That's not what it claims to be itself. Right. Mm. That would be to make this book into something it doesn't claim to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't claim to be only Proverbs, which are, Proverbs, not promises. Yeah. But it claims to be the very living and active word of God. That's that's what it it says it is. And Jesus himself seems to say all of this points to be, meaning from beginning to end, for for Jesus would have been what we understand is the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but we would say now from beginning to end with both the new, the old and the new, it is, we can trace the story of God, mm-hmm. how he has revealed himself throughout human history. And not even every time we would say, but in the way in which he is working his plan of redemption to make all things come into unity through Christ. We, we can see that through the scriptures that there is a unity to that text so Hmm. to try and say um that it is meant to be just something good for our own wisdom and edification isn't not true but that that's the only thing it's not something the book itself is claiming which i don't know how you can that's
0: that's good i mean i love the idea of saying um okay if you came up to that conclusion is that what are you in agreement with the book Mm -hmm. and when you're not in agreement with the book you have to be honest about that Mm -hmm. and I, i really appreciate what you're talking about justin is 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 forcing us to be honest Mm -hmm. about what we claim the book to be in in relation to what the book claims about itself.
3: I have two things. One is, oh dear, what was my thing? This happens to me all the time and I have to find it. Um, (laughs) One is, um, You're still looking for it. I'm still looking for it. It came back and then it went off from me. Oh, the divine element in the scriptures, it causes the content to not just be temporal tidbits of human wisdom. Like, you know, my grandpa was really smart and he had some good ideas, but then he was kind of crazy sometimes. That's (laughs) that's not what the Bible is (laughs) suggesting. The divine element is that there's a universal, eternal principle that is at work, um, even in there are specific applications and like there's context and things sure, like that, like sure. head coverings in 1 uh, Corinthians 11, for instance. But there are principles that God is trying to speak to all of mankind at all times. And that's where the divine element plays in. And also um, when I think of this kind of question, usually when people are well, you, know, you just need to love your neighbor, but you know, homosexuality, that's not that bad. And so it's usually a picking and a choosing cafeteria kind of mm-hmm. dealing with the Bible. And I would have a lot more respect for a person if you are actually coming from a worldview where you can actually comb through those kinds of... Like, if you're a Muslim and you say, well, the reason why I don't believe this is because the Quran says this. Okay, we can have a different conversation. Sure. But if you're just saying, oh, well, I like to love your neighbor because that makes me feel all bubbly and sad, but, you know, my cousin's a homosexual, so I don't really like that one. that's, That's just a vacuous, floating in air, castle in the sky kind of argumentation where you don't have any grounding, you're just kind of going with the flow. And I'm sure if I got, had five minutes with you, I could say, I could point out that if what you're saying is that our ethics should be based on our emotions, that you really don't believe that. And so yeah. the question is, where's your foundation? Yeah. And I'm choosing the Word of God as my foundation. Yeah.
0: So you're saying you got to be really careful. The problem with, and this comes back to this question, if you're going to say the teachings are good, do you say all the teachings are good? Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 not all the teachings. Okay. So basically what you're doing, going back to what what you have uh, kind of keep coming back at the accusation is is that you're setting yourself up as the standard mm-hmm. uh-huh. and you're not willing to be either either to recognize that or to admit it mm-hmm. that in the end you know what is right or you know what is true or you know which one should be held and which one should be let go of mm-hmm. um and in which case then you become the rule or the standard and the bible Gets judged by you, actually, and that's a that's that's a fundamental problem. Yeah, I remember you were at the table
3: once several years ago, uh, at a Q and A, and someone was asking about women in eldership or something to that effect, and you said that same thing. You said if ultimately you get to judge what's right and wrong, you're the Bible. That's what you said. That always mm-hmm. stuck with me. And yeah. that's, it's true. And I don't want to be the Bible. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, some, some people might want to be the Bible.
1: And I'd, I'm kind of terrified for such people.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think what you're saying Uh, combined with naturalism. So a lot of people who are asking this question don't actually believe in a God. They're naturalists Mm -hmm. to begin with. Um, Or they may believe in God. They may even be people who've grown in the church, but um, they're starting to study science and Mm -hmm. they don't understand how modern science fits in with this ancient text. So this emotion, culture-driven idea that I'm setting myself up as Mm -hmm. the authority when really it's just your culture that's kind of setting um, the authority Mm -hmm. or naturalism or this scientific-driven understanding of the Bible. Those are the three um, types of people I see most having the biggest problem with the Bible. And and by the way, that's
2: a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. That's a big, big
0: number of them. growing. Ryan, anything you want to add to that one or can I do my last one?
2: Uh, I'll add quickly, and we yeah, can move on. Go quickly, ahead. Um, uh, again, back to the the Old Testament, the historical books. Uh, a big area where um, an accusation is usually laid is in the Numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, what I what I like to remind people is that there is a little bit of like the the battlefield bravado that goes into the the destruction of an entire city, and then you're like, hold on, in 22 chapters they come back, so you didn't destroy them and i get that but again allow them to to speak as as the warriors would be speaking when they return and they say we have just wiped them out that's that's a little bit of locker room talk okay so there's the hyperbole is is, sure, is, part is of often that. part of narratival accounts and mm-hmm. so we have to remember those rules um other ones what was the other one i wanted to talk about I'm uh, not the only one good yeah <laughs> I was still busy flipping around looking for something else that I forgot the other number one I wanted to talk about. but
1: The hours. Jim mentioned the hours earlier. I've been thinking about that. I mean, part of it, too, is the the, the gospel writers. Some are writing a Jewish audience, which count, oh, count yeah. the day in one yeah. way. Some are writing yeah. to a Roman audience, which count the hours of the day in one way. And so that's part of it. And the other thing I always come back to with that specific argument is um, – we still have the resurrection of Jesus that's being spoken of and eyewitness accounts to that. So, yes, there are some details which we have to explain, which you're noticing, good, and they, they do need an explanation. They don't take away from the reality of what is being communicated mm-hmm. in those those stories, I would say. That's a, a lot of it. The theological truths hold even when some of these details that you're having a hard time with
0: don't seem to. Yeah. So the last question I want to deal with, um, looking looking back at, uh, at at how the Bible. Um, has come to be. There's been a lot of scholarship that's been written about it, a lot of work. Um, this really weighs on a lot of people. I always will make this statement whenever I'm teaching about the history of how the Bible came to be that uh, most of our people have, have probably gotten some of their, some or a lot of their information off the History Channel or uh, National Geographic, in which case they had these different scholars. So when you line up all the scholars, um, there are a lot of biblical scholars that do not consider the Bible to be inerrant. There's a lot of very, very, very intelligent men and women who have studied this and have come to different conclusions than the four of us. And I would say they're smarter than us, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of raw brain power. Um, they are more intelligent than us. So how? what, what makes you so confident um, when you have people and so many people who are smarter who don't agree with you? Mm-hmm. How, do you how do you battle that? there's a lot of people smarter than me that do agree with me <laughs> <laughs> that's do-
2: true
1: Dr. Jeff White gives me great confidence that Brian Elbing some other guys in our church that are much smarter than me that still believe these, and they're, they're in some of the hard sciences yeah. you know they're yeah. in, they are in the uh, where naturalism is most prevalent and they still believe in Jesus his resurrection and his future return so that's one
2: that encourages me one of the things that I don't think that we ought to do is to let someone's intelligence quotient Hmm. determine that their um, interpretation of facts and raw data is the right one and uh, the bible Hmm. seems to be pretty clear that men uh men and women of any caliber can easily be deceived Mm -hmm. and so the uh, their the history is littered with brilliant people later being disproved and so the the brain power of um someone who who is concerned with this particular scriptures bear it, it bears nothing on the truthfulness of these scriptures it says far more about them than it does about mm. the scriptures good mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 yet i want to i want to listen to them because they probably do have a um they probably can't offer insights on how to deal with data but when you disagree with the the Overwhelming and long-standing veracity of the scriptures, you are at a disadvantage. I don't care how intelligent mm-hmm. you are, and and the fact that you're mind you know mind-bogglingly intelligent doesn't and and, and affirm the scriptures. Doesn't really add to their credibility. Mm-hmm. They yeah. stand sure. on their sure. own because of yep. the authorship of God, okay. and and as the like the archaeological record, which we've talked about before. As time passes, this has many, it, it just leaves opponent after opponent lying mm-hmm. in its wake. It sure, really and does. truth always wins
1: out, right? Yeah. Truth will win out. If we believe we're on the side of truth and the creator God, then then it's proven true over time and in the end, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so r- we don't have to necessarily worry about that. I mean, we, and we don't have to run from it either. Yeah. I, I think yeah. we we yeah. are willing to engage all the tough questions yep. because mm-hmm we do believe it's true second peter
3: three um talks about how men will come with their scoffing and i taught this to the high school students several months ago it says that men will come with their scoffing following after their own lusts indicating that the reason why these people are scoffing is because they're following after their own lusts they're wanting to do what they want to do Mm -hmm. and so and this is the general course of all of what the bible teaches about the way the sinful man's mind works our lusts darken sure. our hearts sure and the idea that when we talk about scholarship many people pretend that Um, scholars are neutral in the way that they approach um, any kind of subject and there is no neutral field if you go you know Cornelius Van Til he says like there's no science period that's neutral Uh, because you always come with an axe to grind Mm -hmm. and that's the case with uh, the Bible scholars in the Bible there are actually lots of Muslims who are getting degrees in um, New Testament so that they can disprove the New Testament and so you're coming to the Bible with an axe to grind and so if like Justin was saying if you don't believe in supernaturalism well of course you're going to date the gospel of mark to after 70 a.d because i mean prophecy doesn't happen so jesus prophesied something and so uh that is impossible yeah and so like you're starting presupposition you can't really prove that that's the case and that that's impossible of course that's kind of proving a negative but that's You know your presuppositions will drive the way that you handle data, and so just because a scholar says it, well, just because you're a scholar, that there is no logical argument of you're a scholar, therefore everything that you say is right. It's you're a scholar, so you're going to have to show your work, and you're a scholar, so you're going to have to show me like why you believe that, and I have I have the right to judge whether I think that's a valid reason why you've come to that conclusion.
2: Paul says that's good. Paul says in Colossians two, I've lost it there. See to it that no one takes Mm -hmm. you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, Mm -hmm. according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. And I think that without being brash, um, we we need to keep our winsome hats on, but we need to do a better job of calling anything which disagrees with the Lord wickedness at worst Mm -hmm. and unfortunate deception at best Mm -hmm. and we need to realize that there is a there is an evil that is intentional or not there is an evil to speaking ill of the creator Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and paul cautions us against getting sucked into something that uh, the uh, the only authority it has is human tradition or worse like demonic spirits (laughs) behind it yeah and that's a and that's an important thing for us to remember
0: you know, mm-hmm. and i love I love the reminder that it, 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 we're going to have to believe in something. We're going to have to trust something. Everybody's got an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not trying to say that, hey, we don't even have an axe to grind. We're the ones looking at it. no, we 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 get the yeah. biases in which we have and the presuppositions at which we have. We don't think they're unfounded, mm-hmm. but we believe they are, so we believe they're founded on truth. Justin I loved your reminder that um that that these things will be proven over time.. Yep. That there will be, we we believe there will be a day, in which um, the not only not only um, human hearts, um, but all of our actions and all of our attitudes and all our behaviors are going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that uh, this book that has been tested for thousands mm-hmm. upon thousands of years has consistently proved itself true. Yep and uh, people can always level another accusation against that. Um, arguing it, We're not saying, you, boy, you couldn't, there's no arguments that have ever been leveled against the Word of God. No, there's been a lot of them. And, um, and many of those arguments have actually caused Christians to not believe, mm-hmm. um, or to doubt, or to become almost cowardly in their faith. And we're saying, um, that the Bible can, in fact, be trusted. You know, I had a professor who just kept saying over and over and over again that what it really comes down to is whether or not the Bible can be trusted. Mm -hmm. That, you know, we might try to figure out a way to get around that, but in the end, can you trust that word? Can you live by that word? Um, And that's what it keeps coming back to. Um, So how it got there, what it ultimately means, it's, it's building our lives upon the word of God. Any final thoughts before we close this down? Yeah. um, Going back to what
1: the word says about itself and says about what um, kind of what's behind what we're talking about. Um, Jesus himself said not many would believe this. Mm -hmm. He said that um, many will actually find destruction. Few will find the narrow road that leads to life. So it shouldn't surprise us that many of our family or many of our friends or many of the um, intelligent people of our time don't yeah. follow Jesus. That shouldn't surprise us. And it shouldn't surprise us that we're hated, that we're questioned, that we're scorned, that we're made fun of, because we do believe that there is a God and that we do believe he's a personal God who's revealed himself in the Christian Bible and that Jesus actually put on flesh and came to dwell among us and died on a cross in our place for our sins and resurrect all these things that we believe and hold to be actually true. Mm-hmm. and, and and we shouldn't be surprised that not many will catch on and that we will face difficulty because of it right
0: i love to remind people um just give me something better yeah like i'd love for you to present for me something better um that can stand the questioning that even you've just leveled at this book um tell me upon wit i would build my life and and i'll i'll definitely consider it um, and so I even say that to you: that if you're really wrestling with the Bible in terms of its authoritative uh, uh, nature, right, and its way that it speaks, give think what 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 better could there be? Mm-hmm.
2: If if you have a if you have a list of errors or questions about the text, um, the, it is unlikely that they would be news to us. And I would encourage you to reach out to us, and we can discuss them. I'm not saying that we'll have all the answers, no, and we can just smooth
0: no. everything out, but Don't
2: sit there and wonder.
0: Well, in church history, does like what 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 each of us would do, right? Is mm-hmm. we would go back and say, "Oh yeah, no, somebody's talked about this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a great book called uh, "Bible Difficulties." There's another um, one called "The Hard Sayings," of the, "The Hard Bible. Sayings of the Bible." So there's there are books that have tried to to approach this with uh, with intellectual integrity. Mm-hmm. I have both, and they are available for loan. We hope that this has been a blessing and encouragement, man. We are going to have to have you back. Can well, I just say, I would enjoy that. These have been really really good, brother. Um, we we often think. Uh, and I'm going to throw this out there, too, to our listening audience. that if you'd like to come on the show, hey. we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of you. So <laughs> Most of you. <laughs> most of you. <laughs> and uh, Casey Kendrick, you're the other one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we love you guys, and uh, we will see you around town.